Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, a podcast by basketball fans for basketball fans, aka Toronto's number one NBA podcast. I am your host, Bonnie, and I'm joined by a distant relative of Jose Alvarado, Felix Alvarado. Say what's up, brother. What's up, man? Please use that line all the time because, you know, Jose Alvarado's going to probably call me out and say, yo, <laughs> yo, where are you, cuz? And then I'll <laughs> probably fly to New Orleans, do Mardi Gras with this guy. <laughs> Stick around and listen to this episode as we dive into the confirmed playoff matches in both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. In addition to that, we'll also cover part three of the all-time franchise lineup segment of the show. So let's get it. All right, so now let's dive into the confirmed playoff matches in both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. So let's actually start with the West. We've got the Golden State Warriors versus the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz versus the Dallas Mavericks. So let's look at the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. What do we know so far? Well, what we know is Steph Curry um, is still probable to play for game one against the Nuggets. James Wiseman looks like he's not going to be making an appearance in the first round either. But in regards to Golden State specifically, If Steph comes back for game one or even makes an appearance in the first round, he should. You have Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And throughout this entire regular season, they've only played a total of 11 minutes together. Do you think with, yeah, only (laughs) a total total of 11 minutes? So, my question to you in regards to the Warriors is do you think their young core is still strong enough to carry on in the first round? With the Jordan Poole and and this Andrew is, Wiggins, you know, you're saying you're saying this is without Steph Curry, or this is with Steph Curry, either or. I know you threw that fact with 11 minutes, but don't let it slip. They've been playing together for a hot minute, six, seven years. So mm-hmm. chemistry like that doesn't doesn't go away. If anything, it just gets stronger, and they they are better where they are right now, right? And yo, and that young core, bro, yo, you have Jordan Poole, and I still think he's like you know, besides the top three, they're they're big three. I think Jordan Poole is a little bit ahead of Wiggins in my in my books, but Wiggins is a, is a really great defensive player too. Yo, bro, they're defensively too. They're they're up there. They have a well-rounded team, and they're giving Kaminga a lot more minutes, and he's he's been performing. You know, like the he had that potential anyway. So it's just a moment when he's gonna have it. Um, but with Denver, but I don't know if you know, but Denver they lead the regular season three-one, so they yeah, won three. Yeah, and that was always Steph Curry. I think maybe I think I'm not sure Clay played it in one of them. Maybe the last game, all four matches they had a uh, healthy going to say roster, right? Except for Clay. I don't know something about you. I feel like Denver is pretty dangerous. I think yeah. they're dangerous, but I just feel like they don't have enough to finish them off. Yeah, so I think I have Golden yeah. State winning. I also have Golden State winning, but I have it like in six games. I have it in five. Mm. I have but it in just, five. But this is just me. I'm just I'm just guessing because I feel like if Steph Curry comes and he's not the same, I feel like he might hurt the team a little bit more than helping. Mm. Right, mm-hmm. and I think that maybe that stretches maybe one or two games, you know, trying to uh, get the rust off from the ankle injury, right? Right, right. But I, I just don't think it's enough. Uh, Yoga has been fucking amazing all year, you know, like bringing the squad. He's bringing like that squad he brought. Without them, they're without him, they're not nowhere near the top ten, in my opinion. So he does a lot for them, and I just feel like I wouldn't be surprised if they do an upset. This is just only if Steph Curry's not healthy. Right. If he is fully healthy, I feel like Golden State will win in six games. 
Yeah, man. Like with the Denver Nuggets, Jokic, obviously, like what you just said, without him, they would be they would be nothing. They would not even be a fucking squad, you know. But what the Denver Nuggets will have to depend on will be all the other players that's not Jokic, right? Yeah. The Aaron Gordons there, Bones Highland, uh, Will Barton. Because obviously MPJ and Jamal Murray are not making a fucking playoff appearance. Yeah, yeah no, at all. no. And they shouldn't, to be honest. Yeah, yeah they, they shouldn't. shouldn't. They shouldn't, yeah. I think if I was going to stay, I'll try and make the other players play. You try to have to have a good closeout. You know, they don't really double team Jokic sometimes because he, he's such a great passer. Mm-hmm. So you have to take your, your efforts with a one on one and maybe like a little bit of help defense here and there. But yeah, I'm, I'll double team, to be honest. And make his life difficult scoring and trying to play, make the other guys shoot, you know? What numbers do you think Jokic will post up in the first round? Oh, bro. Honestly, straight up, I feel like he's going to average a triple-double. I think he's going to average a triple-double as well. I think Because his, like matchup, a... his matchup is fucking Kevon Looney. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't Why care what Draymond Green... Easy? I don't care what Draymond Green say. You can't defend that. <laughs> you can't defend Jokic like that. I think the one thing too, though, between both teams will be minutes. Especially with Jokic. This is now DeMarcus Cousins' time to shine. You know what I'm saying? You know, and yeah, I'm happy he's been playing. He's been pretty well. He's been playing pretty well for the, for the Denver Nuggets. It's gonna be hard now because Clay Thompson. You see how he's been playing lately? Mm-hmm. It's on fire, bro. I know, man. He's he's almost back to form, like back to normal. It's so quick. So props to him too, who's also came back from a horrific injury and be able to do that transition seamlessly, right? Right. But goddamn, man. I think this one's going to be a fun one, though. It is. I'm so excited to see a Clay Thompson in the playoffs. Like, that's... Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, that, no, the reason why I say Game 6, that's why I'm going to say in six games, is because I want to see uh, Game 6 Clay, you know? If you guys know, you know. Game <laughs> 6 Clay, you don't want to fuck with that, bro. Uh-huh, honey. All right, so we're going to move on to the next Western Conference matchup. The Utah Jazz versus the Dallas Mavericks. Right now, currently, uh, Luka, I believe he left the game the last regular season game or the second uh, regular season? No, it was the last game. It was the last game? Okay, cool. So it was the last game. And right now, it's still up in the air whether or not it's serious or if it's not I too it's serious. it's an apparent hamstring injury. That's a big blow. But these two teams alone are the only teams in the West that I can say that I actually really have to make a push to the second round because they both have their flaws. Utah, obviously, blowing fucking leads in the regular season. Will that translate into playoffs? Against Dallas, we'll see. In regards to the Mavericks, is Spencer Dinwiddie that second dude that can step up when Luca's not around? If Luca's not around, there's a lot of what ifs, obviously. And 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 this one it will be a pretty tight matchup, I'd say. I think Dallas will come out and win in in seven. I think this would go to seven game series, honestly. Yeah, this actually depends of again if they get Luca. Right. Again, that's the same thing. If without this, without Luca, bro, there'd be nowhere near the fourth series. It's the fourth seed, not alone, like not alone the fourth seed, but maybe like the eighth seed, bro. I feel like they'd be probably in the play-in, mm. or even worse. To be honest, bro, my hot take with Utah—they're not reliable. You know how we always like, you know, we take it to James Harden, where he, they never show. He well, he specifically never shows up on big games, bro. That's Utah Jazz as a whole, bro. As a whole, and I feel like it goes from. Like it must be a mental thing with the players. I feel like the coach and the coaching staff have a problem doing adjustments mid-game. Mm-hmm. I feel like they don't do nothing, right? Like you have a twenty-point lead and you see your team going on a ten-all run. Yeah, make adjustment. Don't do the same shit. 
I didn't, you know, I, I don't want to believe it, but the whole Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert thing kind of seems off to me the more you keep looking at the, how they play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, I don't like to believe it because, you know, rumors are always rumors and it's just, every team has to have a story. The media has to have, have going on all, all year long, right? That's how they make their career. But this one's looking really like, damn, there must be something wrong going with those two. You know the stat? Donovan Mitchell passes the ball to Gobert. Do you know how many times? Two times. Yeah, 2.3 times per game. Do you know how many turnovers Donovan Mitchell commits every game? I actually don't know, no. Three. Oh, so you fuck. Can, <laughs> so you, you can fucking say that, you know, he's, he's passing the ball more to the other team than fucking Gobert. Right? And then there's a whole clip they keep using where um, it was a Golden State game and Gobert had that mismatch with Clay, And Donovan Mitchell had like so many opportunities to pass it to him. But he just shied it away and Gobert lost his position. So that's an easy basketball play. That's a no-brainer. Right? Yeah. Right? I think there was a stat where like even Rudy Gobert only has about 10 made shots or 10 shots in total posting up mismatches. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fucked, you know? He, he should get a lot of mismatch. But like the, the Utah Jazz as a whole, their defensive schemes are not, not the best. They don't have versatile players. Maybe the only one is like Royce, uh, Royce O'Neal or Rice, mm-hmm. Rice O'Neal. Yeah, Royce O'Neal, yeah. And then you have Gobert who's a beast. But even Gobert has his limitations, bro. Going to say in, in Dallas goes hand in hand in terms of like shooting. All the people can shoot. So I, um, there's a lot of instances in that Golden State games where Gobert didn't want to come up. You know, he always had his back to the basket and, and he was in the paint. So when, you know, they, they do like a hedge or they do like a pick and roll. And then, you, you know, Clay, Clay does it a lot, right? Or Clay or even Steph, where they do, a, they run around in circles and they, they wait for a pick. Yeah, and then as he goes, yeah. yeah, as he goes for the pick, he should have like a, you know, a white, a window open. Someone's going to pass it to him and he shoots while he's moving. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gobert has a problem where he, he doesn't move up. So he doesn't move up to like at least contest or make them double think to take that three, right? And then because he's not even, yo, there's so many times he's not even guarding nobody. I think he's just looking for a rebound. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Nobody's there. So yeah. what, what is he doing in the paint? He had to close out a little bit. He has a hard time doing that. I think Dallas can take advantage of that scheme, trying to take Gobert out of there, you know? Only thing you get to make your shots, right? If I were the Utah Jazz, though, I would just run high pick and roll with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, he is kind of slow getting back to the paint if he's setting a screen by the three-point line. Yeah. But if he rolls and Donovan Mitchell actually passes him the ball, defense is going to collapse, right? Which yeah, means you have open three-point shooters easily well, for, the, for the Utah Jazz. They don't even have a big man in Dallas, bro. Just Dwight Powell. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He should take advantage and, too. Okay, like, well, there's Boban. And I feel like, you know what? I think that'll be a nice time to bring out Boban against Gobert because they kind of have like the same speed. They're very slow, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I feel like I will bring him out, you know what I'm saying? At least somehow <laughs> to disrupt Gobert. And he can shoot too. He can shoot better than he Gobert. Could. Yeah, he could. He, shoot he, could. Gobert. <laughs> he could. All right. Hear that, Jason Kidd? You got to put in Boban Marjanovic. Put in that motherfucker. He's going to be I, fucking... Yeah. If Lucas not playing for Dallas, then I don't think they have a chance. Even... Utah will blow. I know Utah's gonna blow a couple leads, bro, in the, in that series. But if Luca doesn't come back, I'll say Utah in five. If Luca does come back, I'd say Dallas in six. Okay, Dallas in seven, because they also have a tendency of blowing big leads. Dallas, that team is just a full of rope, full of role players and one magical, magical European player. Sounds <laughs> pretty. Uh, sounds pretty similar, right? It's like the 2011 Dallas Mavericks. You got Jason Kidd there, led by a European player. 
it's all good. <laughs> all right, so we're going to move on to the Eastern Conference now. We'll start off with the first confirmed playoff matchup, the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Chicago Bulls. Honestly, this should be a no-brainer. The Bucks should take this. Easy. It could be, a, honestly, a clean sweep or even in five. So four you know, or five was, games. I was actually thinking about, like, it could be a clean sweep. You know, it could be. It, it could, could be. be. I just feel like I feel like they have enough where they can steal a home game or even steal the first game. The Bulls. Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The Bulls. Yeah. That's probably my prediction. I'll say probably they win game three or they somehow win the first game. I think they'll so, win game two. I think they'll win I think Bucks will win game one and the Bulls will win game two. The problem with the Bulls, bro, they're not deep. They're not a deep team. Everyone I think we all got tricked that they were, to be honest. The beginning of the season was fucking wild. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, were they fucking started out of roll. Hot, they're starting off hot. Everybody was playing hot. Patrick Williams is okay, but he he's coming off an injury, bro. Yeah, Alex Caruso got hurt pretty bad this year, and I I wouldn't be surprised if it's nagging him. Lonzo Ball, same thing. Kobe yeah, White, I feel like Kobe White is kind of disappearing. You know, he's disappearing in the mist. Yeah, bro. He, like Vuvicic was was pretty decent this year. But other than that, bro, is is literally the bulk of his Zach and and Demar. Yeah, man. And but Demar, I, Demar has that playoff experience, and he's gonna like he's gonna he's gonna relish that shit. Yo, bro, 100%. I love Demar, bro. I love Demar, but yeah, he has playoff experience, but it's not enough, man. Not enough, man. You if know, you look at, I, yeah, because he never he never even went off over the hump when he was with the Raptors, and he never got his chance with with the Spurs because the Spurs wasn't just Spurs were pretty mediocre. They're definitely missing a lot, a lot of key pieces for the bench, and that's yeah, where the man. veteran the veteran presence should come up because I feel like they have no veteran leadership. When it comes to the bench, you know, mm-hmm. who's leading the bench? Nobody. Let's just quickly take a look at what their bench looks like. I think it's, it's Kobe White. You have Patrick Williams. You have um, what Jones. Wasn't he DJ? Whatever, DJ. Yeah, you, um, you have, um, yeah, Tristan Thompson is there. Yeah, I see Tristan Thompson. Boom. Right. You have Derek Jones Jr., right? Tony Bradley, Javante Green, who wasn't too bad. He was okay. Um, Troy Brown Jr. So the and yo and that rookie Ayo Dasunmu, he's fucking. I love that motherfucker. Oh he's yeah, yeah, sick, yeah. He's man. nice. He's nice. He's dope, man. A six he's five nice. guard. He he's he's shifty with it, man. He's dope. Yeah. So yeah, you know, bro, it's a no brainer. I'll say right? I, I to be honest, I think it's a it's a it's a gentleman sweep. A gentleman sweep. I, I feel like Chicago might take one. All right. So four to one for the Bucks, right? Yeah. Unanimously. All right. And finally. The Philadelphia 76ers versus the Toronto Raptors. I'm going to let you start this segment out. Go right ahead. What are your predictions? What are some of the troubles that are going to happen for both teams, if any? Listen, bro. Listen, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it with some pride. I feel like Philly is out the first round. <gasps> this is Toronto pride, or I'm just a huge Toronto Raptors fan. I feel like it's going to be hard. It's going to be a hard-fought series for the Raptors for them to get out of it. But I think it's going to be fought really well. By the way, and I think this is why a lot of people like to avoid the uh, the Raptors, not because you know everyone's fucking technically six eight, right? <laughs> but we have different restrictions when it comes to COVID protocols, and not everyone in some organizations has a vaccine, right? You know, and I think I think people I think a lot of people hate that, but you know what? It is what it is. You can't control what the government is. You know, you can't you can't let you know fifteen players just slide by. Where you you know, and every, all the, the millions and millions of people have to take the the shots, right? Mm-hmm. So in this series, is Matisse Thybul who's not playing away games. 
that's a big blow in my opinion for Philly because he's a huge. He's one of not one. He's yeah. He's one of the best defenders there. He's top three man in the league. I'm talking Philly, bro. Philly, he's the best defender on that team. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But I'm saying in yeah. general, like he's a, that's a he's hot a, take. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is a hot top take. Three. Still. That's a hot take. <laughs> but like right now, Matisse Thibel is looking like Matisse Bible. Bye bye. He's not gonna be coming. He's not. He's Stop, not coming bro. to Toronto, bro. He's, he's not, not going to Toronto, Toronto, bro. There's no, you know. And I know you're gonna mention it too eventually. So continue, continue on what you're gonna say about the 76ers, bro. <laughs> nah, because yo, straight up, man. You know the Raptors already had success against against Embiid, right? And I feel like I know obviously there's a different type of Raptors team, but they still have the same coach. Mm-hmm. And Nick Nurse is Who can a mastermind. Coach. He can fucking coach. So, well, Philly, bro, when when we faced them and we beat them in seven games, and then Kawhi hit that you know miracle shot. Embiid had Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, and I even throw him that name too, JJ Riddick. Yeah, JJ. That's a solid, bro. That's a solid squad, man. And we beat them. And you can make the case that those two teams, whoever won that series, could have won that whole championship, right? Right, right. But listen here, man. The Raptors have an identity. They play hard on defense all the damn time. They're going to use the same strategy. They're going to make Jordan Bean into a passing pick. And they're going to make everyone else be a catch and shoot. You know, Danny Green, I don't know, man. I know Danny Green is working with a lethal shooter, but I feel like there's no difference that's been happening <laughs> ever since the <laughs> Lakers. Um, pew, pew, pew. Shots fired. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Tobias Harris, I don't even count him. I, I feel like he does. He shy away from big games and he fluctuates a lot. He really do. And then you have James Harden. Bro, I don't even want to go with James Harden because lately he's been having a lot, a lot of trouble. I believe it's the last 12 games, only one game he's shot better than 50%. It was actually, there was, there was a game. Do you remember that game when Philly had with the Phoenix Suns? And it was, a, it was an important game. It was one, I think it was one of the big game, first big games that James Harden played. And Philly actually had the lead. Did you watch that game? I did not watch that game, no. Okay, if you watch that game, bro, they, first of all, you know, Philly's not a deep team. They're not. They, no, no, no. They lost some stuff. They lost They're some like seven, eight man rotation, but like that's yeah, it. yeah. A seven, eight man rotation, bro. That means you got to be fit as fuck to be playing a really intense uh, playoff game, especially against the Raptors. But James Harden, what I loved about the game with Phoenix Suns, first of all, James Harden that game, I believe he shot two of eleven, but he got a, uh, you know, he always has a high assist, high rebounds, and but he went to the free throw line. But most of his most of his points are coming from the free throw line all the time, lately, at least the last stretch of his the season, right? And they play James Harden so good. So when they're on the offense, Phoenix Suns, they always try to make sure they, they did a, a pick and roll, including James Harden, because Doc Rivers likes to switch on everything, right? Yeah. So what yeah. they do, what they did a lot was they put James Harden on, on CP3. And CP3 will always do the pick and roll with, with, um, DeAndre Ayton. So, yeah, with DeAndre Ayton. And then when you do the pick and roll, you always, you know, if, if you do, a, you do it right, it's up to the big man to come up and stop them. Or, you know, James Harden have to really have to catch up and, and trying to defend CP3, right? But most of the time, CP3 was cooking him. They did a pick and roll. James Harden never, never could have uh, recovered. And gets his spot. Gets it to a spot. Boom. He loses it again. And sometimes Joel Embiid try to, like, you know, uh, cut him in his corner. Do DeAndre slice. Boom. Easy paint. You know, and they did, they ran that scheme all the damn time on him because he can't. He can't. He's really bad at defending. So you're going to make James Harden work on both ends. I feel like, and I, really talk, I think we did two, three episodes ago. We talked about how Fran Fran Fleet is one of the best defenders out there. He should be, you know, in talks of at least top five for going for the Defensive Player of the Year award. But he's really good. And he's going to be really good guarding 
James Harden. I, I can call it. And then you're facing with a lot of six eight guys, bro. A lot of six eight guys. I know that the, our wings are fucking amazing, man. Jerome B also, statistically speaking, doesn't have the best game against Toronto as well. Ever since that playoff series with Kawhi. Like, I think he's, he's, he's having his worst numbers against the Raptors compared to any other team. But I just don't, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't people say Philly got this, blah, 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 blah. Nah, bro, don't be surprised. If anything, if, do, if Philly does come out of this, the first round, then you can credit the Raptors to making them a better playoff team, a more prepared playoff team, whoever they're going to face the second round. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I am, yeah. I am a huge believer that every every team should make the team better, the winning team better going forward, right? You know, in the mm-hmm. playoff series. So that's why sometimes, you know, you always get shook when like you see a team who sweeps in the first round and then when they go to the second round, they have trouble because the, 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 the opponent they're facing had a much, much harder time facing the team they had, a team previously, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But yeah, what do you think? What do you think about this matchup? Man, this matchup, I think, out of the entire first round, I think will be the most exciting one. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. And the only reason why I say that is because pressure. This is the biggest test for James Harden individually. And the Raptors have been in this position multiple times now. We made the playoffs, like, what is it, eight out of nine seasons now? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So with that being said, and again, with you mentioning how Nick Nurse is a fucking phenomenal coach, and he is because he knows how to actually coach and adjust players' minutes, and just like matchups in general. The only way for James Harden to get out of this funk, especially his playoff curse, is if he can actually average 30 points per game in the playoffs in the first round. We know James Harden is a great facilitator. We know he could pass the fucking ball. We don't need a 10-assist James Harden. We need a fucking 30-point, 5-assist, 8-assist, you know, get to the free-throw line. Because you know what? What Shaq said the other night, if you get 6 points a quarter... Right, that's 24 points. If he goes to the line six times, that's 30 points. Boom. That's the only way the 76ers would, you know, trump yeah. and surpass the Raptors because the Raptors one through five, especially when you have a Scotty fucking Barnes who can guard yeah. and play oh. one through five. Yeah. You know, it's going to be incredible. Obviously, you know, Gary Trent Jr. has been really, really great defensively this season. Um, oh, yeah, you he, mentioned, he yeah. Improved crazy. Like- his he improved a lot, man. Like it was a big, big jump, right? But like you said, I feel like what you said about James Harden. I didn't even mention this. The Phillies gonna go as far as James Harden is gonna take them. Not not at Joel Embiid. And that's my Ooh. biggest. That's my that's my hot take. I think it's up to James Harden. The most dangerous teams you face are the team that has no pressure at all. That Raptors have no pressure, and they know it. They have no pressure because everything's been counting out since the beginning. Yeah, I say Raptors in seven. Raptors in seven? No, I say Raptors in six. Raptors in six? Yeah. I'm gonna say Raptors in seven. I think this. I think history will repeat itself and go to the game seven. No way. So who's gonna take the Sixers? Who's gonna take that miracle shot, Scotty? <laughs> well, I don't think. I don't think that's gonna happen. If it does happen, I honestly wouldn't even be surprised if it goes into overtime, game seven. That would be intense as fuck, man. It's like taking a shit in a bathroom stall where there's no toilet paper. What, bro? What are you talking about, man? So you got to like figure out what are you going to use? Your hands, your t-shirt. That happened, yo, that happened to me one time. <laughs> but I didn't use it. You know, there was the next man on the stall. I'm like, uh, I say, say, yo, bro, can you pass me some toilet paper? <laughs> I had to do. <laughs> and he just daps you, ask, and you, know? he, and he just daps you up underneath the stall. He just, he just daps me up under the stall. <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta, you gotta always, you got to do, the, you gotta do the, the most tough thing sometimes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
All right, so now we're entering into part three of the all-time franchise lineups. And we're going to be tackling the Northwest division right now. So if y'all like what you're hearing in regards to this episode, make sure to follow us on Instagram at fullcorepress.to and to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your shows. We really, really appreciate it. We love each and every one of you for listening and tuning into the show. So here we go. We're going to start off with the Utah Jazz and... I'll have Felix go first and go right ahead, man. All right, man. I'll put John Stockton, obviously. Okay. I'll put Donovan Mitchell. I'll put Pistol Pete Oof. in number three. And I'll put Carmelo and Rudy Gobert. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a Utah 5 still. That's your Utah 5? Okay. I was thinking AK-47, but Pistol right? Pete broke. So I have, believe it or not, I love Donovan Mitchell. I love mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell, but he's not in my... All-time five for the Utah Jazz. I'm sorry. So who's your two? So I have Pete Maravich at the one. Okay. Pistol Pete. I'll have John Stockton at the two. Okay. I want balance. So I I want to put Andrea Karolinko. I want to put AK-47 there. Wow. Yeah. I'm putting AK-47 at the three, the small forward. I'm putting Cara Malone at my four. And for my five, I'm going to I'm going to use the guy that Rudy Gobert patterned his game after. Oh. Who's also a Utah Jazz alumnus and RIP to him, Mark Eaton. Oh. So, yeah, man. You know, people, people probably thinking, you know, Donovan Mitchell can take John Stockton. Don't get twisted. Mr. What? Mr. <laughs> Longevity. He can play defense, man. Yeah, he man. He can, you know, he's also, I think, I think he's also top of the most steals yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't get Plus, twisted. Like, and, and and the way, like, even if you watch all the John Stockton highlights, like, the way he moves laterally, he's quick with it, man. He's quick with it. He's a problem. Oh, the reason why he lasted long, because he never dunked. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> he just played his pace, man. Goddamn. <laughs> all right, dude. So now we're going to move on to the next team, the Denver Nuggets. Who is in your all-time starting five for the Denver Nuggets? This is going to be uh, pretty interesting. It is. It will be. It will be. 100%. I'm going to put AI at the 1, Kamaro at the 2, Alex English at the 3, Jokic at the 5, and no, Jokic at the 4, and I'll put the Kembe at the 5. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're, we almost have a similar team. I'm putting AI at the 1. Oh, wow. You actually picked. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think you put AI. I would put Alex English at the 2. I would want to keep Carmelo where he, where he operates well at the three. I'm going to keep Jokic at the four. And I'll put Matumbo at the five. So I have AI, Alex English, Melo, Jokic, Matumbo. So pretty much the same squad. So the next squad up will be the Minnesota Timberwolves. What is your all-time five for the Minnesota Timberwolves, Felix? Minnesota is a um, pretty interesting one. I'm not going to lie to you. All-time post- five. I know what I, I you know I'll go pretty big. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I'm going big too. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting Sam Cassell at the one, Jimmy Butler at the two. Okay. I put Kevin Gunnett at the three. I put Kevin Love at the four and Cat at the five. Okay, your three, four, and five are the exact same for myself. Um, Kevin Love, Kevin Garnett at the four, and Carl Anthony Towns. See, if Carl's name was not Carl and it was Kevin, mm-hmm. that would have been amazing. You know what? Are you seeing his energy? You know, so I saw a post saying, that's what happens when you have Beverly on your team. It rubs off on you. Yeah. <laughs> All these cats are so confident, bro. Like, he's he's acting like a like a taller Pat Bev, man. 
yeah, saying ridiculous shit. You know, I, I, love, I love that. It. I love that. That's confidence, man. See, Pat Bev could be like a, you know, MVP for the little people. You know what I'm saying? You know, the <laughs> people who doesn't have to put too many points. You know, MVP of people who who averages ten points or lower. Right, right, right. <laughs> so you have Sam Cassell in your backcourt alongside with Jimmy Butler, Jimmy. right? Yeah. Okay. I actually have Chauncey Billups at my point guard. Early, early rookie. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Yeah. Like early Chauncey Billups, and then alongside, I just can't think of another Step- player on the Timberwolves. Without thinking of Latrell Sprewell, yeah, I was looking. I was looking at him too. All right, so for the next squad, the Portland Trailblazers, your all-time five, go. Dame Lillard, number one. My two will be Brandon Roy. My three will be Clyde Drexler. My four will be Lamarcus Aldridge, and my five will be Bill Walton. Ooh-wee. Okay. All right. Oh, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck Lamarcus. I, I, honestly, I put Lamarcus because he says no. Fuck him. I'm gonna put Rasheed Wallace on that team. Okay, dog. My squad is exactly your squad except for the two. Oh, I'm you put actually, Rasheed Wallace too? I put Rasheed Wallace at my four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept Clyde Drexler at my three. Who are you Bill disrespecting Walton. Brandon Roy with, bro? I'm disrespecting Brandon Roy with CJ McCollum. What? I'm not even bothered with that shit. I mean, I can put other names in there. I can put Terry Porter if I wanted to. I could put Scottie Pippen if you wanted to. I could put Steve Smith if I wanted to. But I want to put CJ because... We already know the chemistry Damian Lillard had with CJ McCollum. And I'm not going to ruin that shit. Don't worry about um, it. He's going to have better chemistry with for Brandon Roy. I'll tell you that. 100%. Oh, man. Bro. They both need the ball in their hands to operate. CJ can actually like go off screens and shit, bro. No, Brandon, Roy, you. Brandon, Brandon Roy will be a really good off-ball player. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yo, this guy, was cooking, this guy was cooking everybody in the league, man. What's CJ's doing? Now he's been doing pretty good in, in, in Pelicans, but... What are you doing Portland, bro? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> All right. So the last squad for the Northwest Division when it comes to our all-time lineups is the Oklahoma City Thunder slash Seattle Supersonics. So this will be a fun one. Who do you got in your all-time five, Felix? Well, I mean, no brainer, right? Yeah, I know. Luke Dort. Yeah, right? <laughs> Reggie Jackson, maybe? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, Andre Yo, Roberson, man. I'll tell you this. I'll give you... I'll, I'll put Jack Sigma on my five. Ooh, that's actually my five as well. <laughs> wow. I also put... I also put um, Sean Kemp a four. That's my four as well. Obviously, our three is Kevin Durant. That's obvious, yep. My two is obviously Ray Allen. No? Oh, Ray Allen didn't make it for you. That's wild. No. Okay, go that's ahead. wild. I put Ray Allen's number two. I don't know why you didn't put him. This guy was killing it on the Seattle Supersonics too. And I put Gary Payton as number one. Our backcourt is completely different. I'm gonna just keep Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Yeah, you can have a six-man James Harden. It's okay, right? That's right. I will. But like, but there's nice so many. Allen. There were so many good names to choose from when it comes to like yeah. the the Thunder and the Sonics. Like, I I, th- I think I think uh, Gary Payton can lock this guy up, bro. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this installment of Full Court Press with Bonnie and Felix. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your shows, and to follow us on Instagram at fullcourtpress.to. We're going to end off this episode with another game, a five-second rule, jersey number edition. I'm going to give Felix five seconds to name three players who have worn that jersey oh number. Oh my God, that's so hard, bro. All right, <laughs> All right brother. <laughs> this is so hard, bro. Oh man. All right, man. Count me down. Three, 
two, one. Name three players who have worn the jersey number one. Uh, Billups, T Mac, and oh, okay, time's up, brother. Wow, <laughs> girls, yo, who's another number one? Derrick Rose, Dev- shit. Derrick ah. Rose, Devin Booker. Oh yeah, the book, the book. Yeah, Ant Man, Ant Man. Right, yeah, Anthony Edwards. I, I probably I wouldn't even know that. I mean, I know it, but it's not in my head like that. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> All right, man. Name three players that have worn the jersey number five. Jason Kidd, SGA, right? And and wow. time's up, brother, man. Time's SGA up, man. Number five, right? Nah, I don't SGA. think so. Fuck, only JK. I only know JK. Name another one. Who's the other five? The other fives? There's a yeah, bunch. Who, who, Even Garnett, bro. Boston. Garnett. De'Aaron Fox. Stop. My see, boy, Luguin's Dort. The best, like the goat of five them all. Kevon no, Looney. Sec- <laughs> bro, five seconds, bro. It's pressure. <laughs> all right, yo. Give me another one. Give me another one. All right. Name three players that have worn the jersey number seven. Kyle Lowry, Kevin Durant, and Andrea Bariani. Ooh, oh wow. <laughs> you went all the way back, yo. <laughs> yo, Man, this is the only sevens be- I know, bro. I watch yo, I watch on I I watch, I know who could play sevens for the fucking Toronto Raptors, bro. Yo, man, I you just know, know you reached under your sink for that primo pasta. I see you. Yo. I used to watch oh. that. I used to watch that ad all the time, bro. Alright, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this installment of Full Court Press, and we'll catch you in the next one. <laughs>